Shalom and welcome to the Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. The modern issue that we are healing today through the timeless wisdom of Judaism is relationships in exile. We are going to first explore what a wholesome relationship is, and then we are going to deal with a relationship that went into exile. All of this lay hidden within a mimer, a mystical Hasidic discourse, which the Rebbe delivered in 1975 upon the opening of this week's parasha, Torah portion, called Terumah, which means a donation, an offering. The parasha begins with, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and have them take for me an offering. From every person whose heart inspires him to generosity, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering that you shall take from them, gold, silver, and copper. And the verse goes on to list a total of 13 different items that were used to build the tabernacle. Now let us go back to those verses and see how many times it says the word terumah, offering. The answer is three times. When it could have just said, and you shall take for me a terumah, an offering, from every person, gold, silver, etc. Another interesting emphasis of the verse is the different prefixes and suffixes that it uses for each of the words terumah. The first time it just says terumah. The second time it says terumati, my terumah. And the third time it says hatrumah, the terumah. This is why our sages tell us that concerning three different terumot, our verse is speaking. Which are the three different terumot? A. The terumah for the sockets of the beams that make up the walls of the tabernacles. B. The terumah of the half shekel, which was used for the communal sacrifices. And C. The terumah of 13 different items that were used to build a tabernacle. When we understand the mystical secrets behind what these three different terumot mean in our daily lives of service to God, we will understand the different prefixes and suffixes used for each of the different rumot and how to have a wholesome relationship with God, ourselves, and with others. Another teaching specifically about the third teruma of the 13 items, different items used to build the tabernacle is, there's a teaching that interprets the gold and other items to be signifying different exiles that the Jewish people were to live through. For example, they say gold just refers to the kingdom of Babel. That was an exile. The Jewish people went into Babel. When we understand the mystical correlation between this third truma as it manifests itself in our daily lives, we will uncover how to heal a relationship in exile. So let us begin. The three trumot are the three different services, the three pillars upon which the world stands, which is A, Torah study, B, prayer, and C, mitzvot, commandment observance. Let us explore the difference between these three trumot in our service to God. A, Torah study. This is the first trumot in the verse which states, and have them take for me a terumah. The verse should have said, have them give me. What, take for me? Why does the verse use the term take rather than give? Thus our sages extrapolate that the word terumah in Hebrew letters spell out the word Torah 
Mem, which refers to the Torah which was given to Moses in 40 days and 40 nights. The Hebrew letter Mem is the numerical value of 40. And what the verbiage take in the verse is teaching us is that, let me quote you a mystical teaching from the Zohar, me you are taking. So the mystical teaching here means not that take for me, but take me. This power of me you are taking seemingly should apply to every time we observe any of God's commandments, fulfilling God's will. However, the verse specifically uses the term and have them take me only concerning the first teruma of the verse, which refers specifically to Torah study and not to prayer and mitzvah observances. Why? The reason is because only concerning Torah do our sages teach us, and here's a quote, again a mystical quote from the Zohar, the Torah and the Holy One, blessed be He, are all one. What this means is that in all other services to God, there is a contraction between the giver, the given, and the receiver. While when it comes to the Torah, the very Torah as it lay in the wisdom of God is what lay hidden within the physical letters on the physical parchment of the Torah. Regardless of what level of understanding we perceive, nevertheless, within these very words of the Torah lay all of God's infinite essence. Thus, only concerning this Turuma of Torah study does the verse state, and have them take me, my essence. This is also why Nachmanides, in his introduction to his commentary on the Torah, writes, There is a teaching of truth that we have received. That all of the Torah, means all the words of the Torah, are all names of the Holy One, blessed be He. Why are the, all the words in the Torah be considered a name to God? For every word of the Torah, the five books of Moses, regardless of our level of understanding to their meaning, is a name of God, through which we call unto, through which we take the essence of God. Have them take me. What does this mean concerning having a wholesome race relationship with God, with ourselves, and with others? Okay, let's see. To understand the first Teruma step of a wholesome relationship, we will first understand an interesting law concerning Torah study. Can one who is impure study the holy words of Torah? Our sages extrapolate the answer from a verse in Jeremiah. What does the verse say? Is not my word so like fire? From which our sages extrapolate, just as fire cannot become impure, so too the words of Torah do not contract impurity. The mystical understanding to this ruling is that even when the words of Torah enter into our being and become our paradigm and understanding, nevertheless, words of Torah always remain my words, capital M, God. Therefore, they don't become impure. Thus, the first step to a wholesome relationship is where we open ourselves up to accepting the other as they are, without making them ours. For even as they exist within us and within our relationship with them, they are untouchable and non-changeable. They, they simply are them. In our relationship with God, this is a simple openness to God, as God is, without subjecting God to our ego's manipulation. In our relationship with ourselves, it is a simple openness to who we truly are, without all the baggage of who we were told to believe of who we are, 
who we aren't and what we can or can't achieve and become. In our relationship with others, it is a simple openness and acceptance of the other person for who they are and that they never belong to us for us to control, manipulate, or take hostage. This Terum of Torah study is mystically known as the verse in songs, And my beloved is unto me, which is the service from above to below, in which we open up to God and to accept God's words upon our tongues, into our minds, and into our hearts. Have them take me as I am. Let's go to the second truma. Let's first quote the words of the verse for the second truma. From every person whose heart inspires him to generosity, you shall take my offering. What is that? That is prayer. So the second truma refers to prayer, another of the three pillars of service to God upon which the world stands. Let us explore this form of teruma. The teruma of prayer is mystically known as the other half of the verse in songs, I am unto my beloved, which is the service from below to above. I, me, am unto my beloved, capital B, God, in which we refine, transform, and elevate ourselves up to God. This is why Jacob's ladder mystically contains the secret to the service of prayer. Jacob, when he left his father's home, had a dream in which he saw, let me quote you the verse from Genesis, Behold, a ladder set up on the ground, and its top reached to heaven. Prayer is the service in which we begin with our ladder of conscience, but on the ground, in a very mystical paradigm of needs and purpose. However, the journey of prayer is the journey of racing up from the ground and to amend, to ascend to heaven, in which our new sense of purpose and need is that of spiritual service. This is why prayer is the spiritual manifestation of bringing sacrifices upon the altar in the holy temple in which the first thing that we need to do is to set aside and sanctify our animals, that it be for the spiritual purpose and service to God. This is the first step onto the ladder, raising it off the ground, a physical egocentric paradigm. From there, we take our animals through the refinement and transformation of removing its egocentric blood passion of self-seeking, to prepare it for the fiery passion of love for God upon the altar, until we elevate our animals upon the altar to become completely one with selfless service to God. So sacrifices is about taking our inner animal, just like prayer, the ladder of prayer, and to elevate ourselves from the conscious which is set up on the ground, the physical, and to climb up the ladder, so to, to bring the animal up upon the altar of spirituality, of heaven. Now let us revisit the wording of this verse concerning this form of terumah. From every person whose heart inspires him to generosity, you shall take my offering, terumati. So, let's make two emphasis here. One, every person. This can also be interpreted as all of the person. You see, before one ascends the ladder of prayer, there are two parts to the person. There's our godly soul, which is referred to as person. However, there's also our animal soul, our ego, which is referred to as animal. The service of this turuma of prayer is to refine, transform, and elevate our animal into person. 
Thus, the verse says that this truma is from every person, meaning that it is the truma to transform a person into all person. The next emphasis is the word terumati, my teruma. We explained earlier that Torah study is the word of God, which even when it descends into our ego paradigm of impurity, remains my word, the varai, the untouchable word of God. However, what the person perceives is the understanding that his ego mind is capable of understanding of the selfless words of God. That's all he can perceive. He doesn't perceive the essence. What we just explained about the service of prayer is that all it is all about the person breaking out of his ego and is refining, transforming, and elevating his perception of self into a transparency for the selflessness of God. Thus, in prayer, a person becomes transparent and open to experiencing God and is not blocked by the I think, I understand, and my opinion is, as we do in Torah study. Therefore, it is this teruma of prayer that a person is open to experience God, and therefore the teruma is called teruma T, my teruma. What step is this teruma in having a wholesome relationship? It is important to understand that pot the potential fault in the first step of teruma, in which we simply create an openness for the other's existence, accepting them for who they are without trying to own or change them. While we accept that there is a you for who you are, unchangeable and not to be owned by us, we may thus create a wall around the us in between the us and the you. Yes, we absolutely accept, love and share all of us with the other, but the we and the other always remain too, in which we accept the other, but we can't understand and therefore, nor can we become one with the other, the love of our lives. In our relationship with God, this is where we are willing to step out of the box of ego and rigid definition of the I. And we are willing to change who we are so that we can truly be in a relationship with God, in which we can see, hear, and feel God for who God is, and behave in our relationship with God in accordance with who God is. In order to understand this in our relationship with ourselves, I want to first talk to you about the law of attraction. I believe that there is a law of attraction in which our mindset already sets for us our reality and the realities that we will attract into our lives. We can say that the, we can say, <coughs> excuse me, that the Tzemach Tzedek, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, who lived in 1789 to 1866, represented this law of attraction with his saying, think good and it will be good which our Rebbe later revealed to us the omnipotence of this mindset in one of his talks, printed in the book Lekut Sichot, volume 36. However, the law of attraction has a caveat. Our thinking good cannot be a distant yearning for a reality that is separated from who we perceive ourselves to be in the present reality. In other words, we approach the thinking we use for our law of attraction in a way that we and our thoughts always remain too in which we dare to accept a potential reality that we don't truly see ourselves to be. Therefore, in our relationship with ourselves, this step two of Teruma of a wholesome relationship is our refining, transforming, and elevating our paradigm to see ourselves through the lenses of God 
and to truly see ourselves for who God sees us to be. It is only through our climbing the ladder of prayer of how we see ourselves that we can truly become one with ourselves. Then the law of attraction is not two separate parts, me and my thoughts, but rather I have opened myself up to become my thoughts, the true higher me. In our relation with others, this is where we remove our defensive paradigm and open ourselves up to courageously see who the other person is so that we can truly have a relationship with the other. This is where we don't just accept the other person for who they are from a distance. Rather, we engage with the other, removing our own insecurity and fears of entering into a relationship where we become one with the other in consciously seeing who the other person is. Let's see the third tiruma. And let's, what does the verse say? And this is the offering that you shall take from them, gold, silver, and copper. And the Torah goes on to list a total of 13 different items which is used to build the tabernacle. What does this represent? Mitzvah observances. So the first room is Torah study, the second one is prayer, the third one is mitzvah observances. Now, before we enter into our third Truma, let us notice that both of these two Turumot of Torah study and prayer are both spiritual by nature. We receive the Word of God and we talk to God. The first two Turumot is us leaving the finite capacity of ourselves and experiencing the infinite capacity of God. In the first Turumot of Torah study, we move to aside our finite paradigm and simply make room for God's infinite paradigm. In the second Turumot of prayer, we leave our environment of upon the ground and we ascend to God's environment of heaven. And there is where we have a relationship with God. In both these Turumot, our relationship with God is confined to spirituality, which in a great measure depends upon our walking away from our physicality. In the third Turumot is where we get physical. All of God's commandments must be performed physically and have a physical manifestation. Let me show you how far this goes. There are six commandments which are called duties of the heart, such as the commandment to love God and the commandment to fear God. Now these are, how do you do this physically? However, our sages explain that even these commandments of the heart must be performed with such tangibility and reality that it causes a physical expansion when we love God and a physical contraction of the heart when we fear God. This is the hallmark of the Teruma service of mitzvah observances, that they are performed in our finite physical reality of our earthly environment. What is amazing is that while it seems that the first two spiritual Terumot are the greater forms of Teruma, however, when you read the verse and then the rest of the parasha, you realize that the Torah emphasis is on the third Teruma, which is the donation of the 13 different physical items from which a tabernacle was built. The rest of this Torah portion and the next is all about how to use the items of the third Teruma and to build from, from them the tabernacle with precise definitions of which material and precisely what measurements each part of the tabernacle is to be made with. This is why the Teruma in the verse is Ha-Teruma, the Teruma. For this Teruma is precisely the Teruma, the main Teruma of all. The purpose of God creating the world was to fulfill God's desire to have a physical, egocentric world of freedom of will to transform itself into a home for God's essence. 
This primary desire of God cannot be fulfilled when we climb the ladder of prayer to only meet God in heaven, nor can this desire of God be fulfilled when we have a quarantined acceptance of God's infinite existence. God's primary desire to have a relationship of oneness with us, that we and our environment, physical environment, become God's home, can only be fulfilled when our relationship with God becomes physical and finite, in which our homes, offices, and bodies become God's will, known as a sanctified object of mitzvah. While Terumot, one of, while Terumot 1 and 2 are us having a honeymoon with God on a spiritual oasis, Terumot 3 is where we come back from our honeymoon and God moves into our home and we live as a couple happily after ever. What step is this third teruma in having a wholesome relationship? Alright, let's see. In our relationship with God, this is where we introduce God into our lives rather than just visiting God in His spiritual home. This is where we bring God from His synagogue into our homes, our offices, our children's education, and our vacations. It is where we don't just infinitely believe in God, but finitely make a blessing before we eat, thanking God for our food. In our relationship with ourselves, this is where we become brave. I heard this amazing concept which seems so simple and yet was such a novelty of an idea to me. Brave people are not people who have no fears. Rather, they are people who have fears and do it anyway. Even after steps one and two, there is nothing that will totally remove that sudden turn in our gut as we move forward to act upon our new relationship we have with our true and higher selves. It is relatively easy to throw ourselves into the infinite abyss of our higher selves. However, now we return to our physical dimension and take finite steps of living in congruence with who we now believe ourselves to be. Let's talk about in our relationship with others. In our relationship with others, this is where we approach with healthy boundaries of self into actually aligning what we do and the way we do it to have the person we love in our lives to practically and tangibly feel that they are the one and only person in the center of our being and with whom we share our lives with. It is the little things that we do that let them know that we are living in harmony. In closing, let us now understand how to heal a relationship in exile. The mystical definition of exile is that our higher selves, our spiritual selfless feelings, and our spiritual paradigms were taken prisoners and are no more accessible to us in our present state of darkness and exile. Many of us go about healing this relationship in exile the wrong way. We seek to rekindle our feelings and our paradigms in their selfless spirituality. And when we find this not working, we begin to think and fear that our relationships are irreparably lost forever. However, exile means that we can't, in the present moment, access these higher spiritual gifts and beings of self. This does not mean that our relationship is irreparably lost. The litmus test is not in our feelings for each other, 
but in our actions for each other. Ultimately, our sages rule, and here is a quote, for the heart of man follows his actions. Many people today have it all backwards. We are okay with abusive behaviors as long as we believe that we feel that the person loves us. What endorsed through the exile times of a relationship and what heals a relationship in exile is precisely our finite physical behaviors and not our abstract infinite feelings. This is why we say, fake it until you make it, or pray for him even if you don't mean it. For it is precisely this third teruma of physical actions in a relationship that will heal the relationship. Friends, modernity offers growth, and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here at the Jewish Mind is where modernity meets Judaism.